awesome stuff. Who's enjoying school holidays? Say yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've got a lot of people still in school. That's good. That's school people learning. Um, uh, for those that don't know me, they, I was just mentioned my name's Josh, and so I'm a part of the team here, and so you know me. I don't know you yet, so I'd love for you to come and say g'day after the service. Towards that side of the building, we'll be having coffee, tea. So come say g'day. We'd love to meet you more than as well. Our senior pastor, Rob Santosfano, as Pastor Kylie mentioned earlier, he's in Elliston at One Heart Elliston there with a team of us there. So if those people can't go to a church locally, we'll go, we'll bring church to you. So that's really cool and awesome, and I think that's a privilege that we get to be a part of that. Even though we're here, we're still a part of that with those guys over there. So they start 11 o'clock, I think. What's the time now? I can't even read my watch, but soon, though, oh, so what's that? Yeah, so they'll be starting soon, so that's awesome. Um, I've said that, so yeah, it's a privilege if you know being with us, and so we thank you for um, coming in, but if you haven't seen the advertising around the place, there's posters, and it says fruitful, and so I see a poster right there, let's get fruitful 2018, and so for the, if you don't know what that's all about, this year, our theme for One Heart Church is fruitful. And so it's my honour and a privilege that I get to be able to start the year off in the year of fruitful and what that means, what's that about, that we can have a fruitful life for this year and basically for the years to come. But that's a a thing we're going to be looking at mainly in this year. But to be honest, fruitful shouldn't be a thing that I should be preaching on realistically. When it comes to fruit in general, I'm probably the least qualified person to be talking on the subject. I don't brag about this, but I could tell you if one finger, the amount of fruit, I ate last year. Um, it's, but ho- I know the Bible and I know what the Bible says. So hopefully through that knowledge, I can impart wisdom, not necessarily my knowledge on fruit for that go through my body. But just quickly with fruit as well, who knows the language that the Chinese speak? Don't say it. I used to think they spoke orange. They speak Mandarin. And so they're, they're similar fruits, but they're different. But So that's how much I don't know about fruit. But we will... Um, if, you take, if you've got a Bible, grab that out. But if you're taking notes, I'm going to have a, th- a, a simple three-point message. And to start off with, I'm going to look at Proverbs double dozen. Can everyone say that? Double dozen. And so if you don't know what that means, Proverbs 12, 12. And so I'm going to read that, and then we're going to look at that and see how that can apply to our lives. And so this is what it says. Proverbs double dozen, Proverbs 12, 12. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. What was that? Proverbs 12, 12. Say that. It says this. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well rooted and bear their own fruit. So uh, a good way to memorize things when you repeat it. So that's why I'll try and do that so you get it stuck within you. And so today's message title, if you're taking notes, is Bear, Don't Compare. Bear, Don't Compare. And so I'm going to quickly pray if that's okay. And we believe Holy Spirit can move within our lives. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now that you're going to use us, that you're going to uh, speak to us in a way. We open up our, our lives, our hearts, our minds, that we can be receptive, that we can leave this place in, ready to bear, ready to have a fruitful life in 2018. And so we just thank you, God. This is not a moment, half an hour, moment, uh, not a, a wasted uh, 20 minutes, but it's a moment where we're injected with you, Holy Spirit, that you can just breathe through us, move through us, and we just give you all the glory for that. And everyone said... Amen. So if you get your Bible, as I said before, quickly go to Luke 10 and we'll catch up with that later. So while you're searching through that, um, 
I'll debrief a few things. So Proverbs 12, 12 again. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. And so generally in church life, um, being a Christian, there's a persona perspective in the world as such where people think Christianity is all about rules. Um, it's all about do's and don'ts. And it's even funny, my sister Carmel's just come back from a holiday to Perth and she's talking about how one of our cousins, who's not a believer, has that kind of perspective perception she's like oh isn't it all about what you can and can't do and so with that something that doesn't necessarily help as in a in the such who's heard of the 10 commandments yeah so we in the bible in exodus 20 there's a list of commandments 10 principles where god talks to the israel community the early israel nation about things to how to live that will be effective for their life and so um, being a commandment, people could see that and go, oh, that's just a rule, that's a do and a don't. But really, it's more of a boundary and a guideline to have a healthy life. For example, who here has children? I have never um, seen a parent let their kids play on a highway. Why? Do, why do they have that rule? It's not to limit them. It's not to spoil their fun. It's to protect them. And that's just like with the Ten Commandments that God gave to Israel. It wasn't to say, oh, I'm going to get, get rid of your fun. So no, this is a principle that can help you have the better life a blessed life. And so with that, the 10th commandment, can everyone say the 10th commandment? So as I said, they were found in Exodus. So if you went to Exodus 20, 17, but I want to read it in Deuteronomy 5, 21. It's sort of similar, but different. But it says this, you must not cover your neighbor's wife. You must not cover your neighbor's house or land, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Now, covet is old school language. Who, who hears someone down the street talking about coveting? I personally don't. And so I'm just going to clarify you with some common language that we might use instead of covet. So it could be uh, lust or jealousy. That's something that would probably more commonly use those kind of words. Um, and so uh, things that we could say in, instead of saying, because I, I don't know about you, I don't have a donkey, I don't have an ox, I don't have a servant, I don't have a wife yet. Um, but the... <laughs> Things that we could say if you're jealous or you're coveting is things like this. So um, we could say, don't covet your, um, or so don't be lustful for your neighbor's married wife or husband, depending on what spouse you are, however it works. Um, we, we could say, don't be jealous of their pool and spa, their garden or lawn, their car, their motorbike, or anything else that belongs to them. Don't be jealous of it. Don't, don't lust for it. And so, what, and so what God was trying to install into the nation of Israel through that 10th commandment was about being content and being happy with what you got. That's what that principle was about. It wasn't wrecking their fun or saying, live like this and you'll have a happy life. You'll be, you'll be happy. And so, but with that, the biggest question I think that verse has to ask us is, who is our neighbor? That's the, the question I think we've got to ask. Well, who is our neighbor? And so I think it's quite interesting because Jesus, it, back then you go, go through history a little bit more, Jesus has proposed that same question about the, the Ten Commandments. So people are saying, well, what, which commandment do we follow? Which one's best? And in that situation, Jesus has asked, well, who is my neighbor then? And so, if, as I said, go to Luke 10, and so you should all be there, right? Yep, so we're going to look at verses 29 to 37. And so Jesus answers who our neighbor is, and so I think it's going to be good for us to be able to understand that. And so, so starting at verse 29, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then the parable of the Good Samaritan. So Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Now, I don't know about you, but you've got to be desperate to steal someone's clothes when you're bashing them. Like, I've never 
but we'll keep going. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed his wounds with oil and wine and bandaged them. He put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he uh, handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If the, his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you, when the, uh, pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Or if you've got an old school translation, go and do likewise. And so uh, I would say our neighbor is a good Samaritan kind of a person. That's who our neighbor is. So, uh, so I would say this, this, and so reading that story, our, our neighbors are the people who show mercy. Our neighbors are the person who uses initiative. That's who your neighbor is. Not those other guys, the one that uses initiative. Our neighbor is a person who sees uh, what others choose to ignore and accept it for them. It's so easy for us to see things and ignore it and go like the priest did, like the, the temple assistant. Do they see the issue? We ignore that. No, a neighbor is someone that goes, you know what, I see that problem and I say that's my problem to fix. That's what a neighbor does. Uh, it's also the person who puts their money where their mouth is and is financially invested. That, that Samaritan goes, you know what, I'm going to take money out of my pocket and help pay for that person's groceries. I'm going to help. That's what a neighbor does. They're financially invested. It's not just like, oh, I'll talk to my sisters and my mum and dad about how I can help. No, no, no. I'm actually going to step out and go, here's my wallet. Boom. Put the money on the table. <laughs> Get that cabbage out. Um, and so, um, but that there, all through that, there's a lot of them. We could preach a whole message about that, but we're going to continue on. We know what a neighbour is now. And so um, I would like to say that our neighbours are the godly people that, we are, that are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. That's what a neighbour is. It's someone who's well-rooted in God and they bear their own fruit. And so... Uh, uh, and so basically, a neighbor is a person who is a better Christian than we are. That's what a neighbor is. A neighbor is a person who's a better Christian than what we are right now. And so we can look at pastors, missionaries, anyone bearing fruit for the kingdom of God and think, I wish that was me. And I don't know about you. I've seen people like that. I've seen pastors. I've seen preachers. I've even seen people in church going, man, I wish I could evangelize like that. I, I wish I could see the fruit in my life like that. But God, as God warned the Israelites of the dangerous territory of jealousy, we've got to watch the motives of our heart and watch the, the, the dangerous territory that we can enter in when we start being jealous of the, the fruit of others. And so we're going to keep going. So Proverbs 15.5 says this, Those who rejoice at the misfortune of others will be punished. And then Romans 12.15 in the New King James Version says this, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, the question is, do you rejoice at the misfortune of others? Um, uh, and so often in life, we flip that verse and we, it goes like this. In our, this is how we live it. Um, when people, uh, we rejoice when people weep and we weep when people rejoice uh, for their misfortune. So we, and so rather than going, okay, sweet, um, this person's blessed, they're fruitful, 
we'll rejoice in that. Often we get jealous and we start weeping because of their fruitfulness. We go, this is so unfair. And so an example could be, I've got one for like your work environment, one for your church environment. It could be like this. The manager at work gets caught for doing the wrong thing. And so you ego, yippee, I get to be the manager now. Wrong attitude. We shouldn't be uh, rejoicing when our manager gets in trouble. We should, that should make us feel, feel sad. The other one could be is your department leader at church might live in compromise, do something silly, and we start rejoicing because we go, yep, now it's my shot to lead. It's the wrong heart. If you've got that spirit, we've got to go, God, help us. Change our heart. Now, whether our leader's good or not, we've got to honor them, and we've got to believe God to change them, but we should never be in that position where we are rejoicing over their weeping because as it says in Proverbs, those who rejoice at the misfortune of others will be punished. And so we've got to let God change us. And so don't live in jealousy. The desire to lead is a good thing. As Paul says that to Timothy in either First or Second Timothy, but when it becomes a thing in our heart where we want to then see them stumble and fall so we can take over, we're in the wrong, we're in the wrong area. And so wherever you are in life, you are there not to compare, you're there to bear. And so you're not in your, your workplace, you're not in your church ministry there to compare with others. You're there just to bear fruit and do the best you can in that. Um, and so this is very, very basic stuff. And I think a three-year-old could tell us this. But a tree can only bear when it's well-rooted. It said that in Proverbs. And so what would we say that is? Planted. Can everyone say planted? Planted, that's it. And so then in a spiritual sense, in a physical sense in our life, we can only bear fruit when we're well-rooted or when we're planted. And so there are going to be the three things that we're going to talk about today, the three points of being planted and how that looks for our lives. So Psalms 1, 1 to 3. Psalms 1, 1 to 3, and I'll read that. Oh, the joys of those who delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, uh, their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Who wants to prosper in all you do? I would love that. I want to prosper. I want my, my, my leaves to never wither. I always want to smile. I always want to be, have a, a happy attitude. When I wake up first thing in the morning, I want to have a joyful spirit. It doesn't always happen, but I want to have that kind of a character in my life. Um, but then it says there, um, that to have that kind of life, You've got to be delight in the law of the Lord day and night. So point one is planted in the Bible. That's what that, uh, point number one is. You've got to be planted in the Bible. You've got to be rooted in the Word of God. And so I, I love it what it says. So you can, you can call that different things. Planted in the Word of God, planted in the law of God. Same difference, same thing. Um, but I love what it said that says day and night. And so I want to encourage you, if you if you're do in your Bible daily, why don't you try day and night? If you're not in the Bible daily, I encourage you, go daily. Put yourself going, you know what, no, I want to bear fruit. I'm going to plant myself in the Bible. Um, so, and then to, to be planted in, the, in this book, you've got to make it a daily habit, as I said. And, um, and I, I really believe that it should be something that consumes us day and night. And so I, I love the fact when I can read the Bible in the morning and be meditating that at night and going, God, help me with that. Help me. Thank you for convicting me. Thank you for expanding my thinking to believe for more, believe for greater, believe for even awesome things to come. And so Isaiah 55, 11 says this, God says, my word, I'll send it out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And so when you get into the Bible, wherever you look, wherever you turn, I believe God can speak to you and that will comp- uh, produce fruit in your life. As it says there in Isaiah 55, 11, that he can accomplish all he wants to do in your life, that you can be fruitful and bear in 2018. And so basically, if you want to bear fruit, 
be planted in the Bible. Point one, done. How easy is that? Tick. You can do that, everyone. I believe you can all do that and you can all bear fruit. Quickly, Matt Turnbull, um, I want to talk to you at the end of the service. I just, all through my pre- message preparation, I just couldn't get you off my heart. So just at the end of the service, I'm going to talk to you because you've got cool things happening in your life, Matt. But point two, who's ready for that? Planted in prayer. So that's our second point, planted in prayer. So Psalms 1 was a focus on the Bible. It said that, it focused on those things. But um, uh, oh, and quickly, I miss with point one is that it talked about a river. So oh, sorry, I'm doing hand river signs. Um, it says the, like a tree planted by a river is where that you'll produce fruit in that. And so I believe Holy Spirit is a representation or an example of what, the, of what a river is. And so when we're in the Bible, that river, such a flow, will... Um, speak to us because the Holy Spirit moves like a river and will flow through the Word of God to speak to us. And then, so Psalms 1 focused on uh, the Bible reading, but I believe Holy Spirit just as much can flow like a river within our lives when we pray and when we seek Him and we want to uh, put Him first. And so John uh, 7.38, this is a pre- very common Pentecostal verse, rivers of living water will flow from His heart. And so when you're, when you're a born-again believer, when you're spirit-filled, you're speaking in tongues and you're just praying, you will, you will know the feeling of a bubbling of within, of a, a, a water-likeness where the Spirit moves within us as we pray and seek God and we're rooted in that when we're planted in prayer. And I love these two verses here. Hebrews 11.6 in the New King James Version. God rewards those who diligently seek Him. How do they seek Him? Diligently. <laughs> I stuffed up my pronunciation. God rewards those who diligently seek Him. James 5.16. I love this one as well. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And so two words there, diligently and earnestly. I'll give a quick example of this. Um, who, who here, is, as a child, probably teenager, kid, ever want to go to a friend's house? Anyone here? Yes, I did. Or want to go to a movie? Want to do something out of the normal that's enjoyable, right? So what my mother would often do, whether it's me or my sisters, I'd see her, would go, hey, mum, can we go to the cinema? Or can we do this, that? And she'd be like, yep, you can. You've got to make your bed first. Or, or you've got to do your house job. So if it could be cleaning the bathroom for us, doing the dishes. Um, there's jobs like that. She'd say, yes, you can go and have that fun but you got to then do that job first. And I can tell you, I would see my sisters cleaning um, earnestly. They will clean diligently. And because otherwise mum were like, that bed's not made. You've just chucked a sheet on top. And so they've got to do it diligently. They, they do it with their earnest. They go, you know what? I want to see my friend. I want to sleep over. I want to see my friend coming over. So I'm going to do everything that I can so I can see that happen. And so with that, illustration we see there God rewards those who diligently seek him um, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power to produce wonderful results do we pray with those kind of a, just like I would clean my house or clean, make my bed so a friend could come over do I pray with that kind of enthusiasm do I pray with that kind of diligence where I go you know what I, I'm not just going to miss that shoe that mum's going to not let my friend come over I'm going to put that shoe exactly right because I'm be diligent because it says that God rewards those so if you're planted in prayer with that kind of enthusiasm, you're going to see results. The Word declares it. And so I hold on to that and go, God, no, I'm going to pray for the youth ministry this year. I'm going to pray for One Heart Church this year. I'm going to be well-rooted in it because I want to see the diligent results of what that brings for our church. And so um, uh, fasting. Who remembers Pastor Pauline's message last week? Great message. And so this coming week, Tuesday to Friday, we're going, as a church, we're going to go into a process of fasting, which is, which is awesome. Um, but then... I, 
I'd like to just propose a situation here. So often we see good Samaritan neighbor Christians bearing fruit because they diligently and earnestly seek God in prayer, right? And I believe that you'll see someone going for God, not just because they got lucky. They're, they're doing the hard yards praying. They're um, seeking God and he's rewarding those, those things. And so um, we might see a Christian. And I'm going to give some examples. And this is what they could be praying for. Breakthrough, guidance, clarity, peace, protection, favor, blessings, prosperity, wisdom. Um, they, they might even get Bible verses and say, God, your word says this. And so like, I am the head and not the tail. They'll be declaring that over my life. My family's the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. And so you can grab scripture and go, God, we're going to claim this over our lives. But then what sadly happens, so someone's declaring this, praying this daily, that's their lifestyle, and they're bearing fruit. We look at them and go, man, I wish I could be that person. I wish, I wish my kids were serving in church. I wish my kids went to church, or I wish this or that. But I encourage you uh, that when we are desiring what someone else has done the hard yards for, that's when their fruit becomes loot. And so when we have this comparison mindset, someone's fruit where they're just being planted in God, their fruit becomes loot in a way that, um, hopefully that this is making sense, that so the purpose of fruit is to refresh others. That's what the purpose of the fruit is. God does it in a way that can refresh us, refresh other people. But when we start desiring, and, and so I could have fruit in my life, but then it, it's fruit in my life, but then it can become loot to you because you go, I want that, I want that. But it's like, no, you've got to go, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not see that as loot as something to desire and grab after. And I'm going to produce that in my own life. And so don't let fruit of someone else become loot in your eyes. You've got to go, you know, no, I'm going to see their loot. That's fine. I'm going to produce fruit for myself. And so I encourage you, get into the this week. Don't wait for, for the midway through the year and seeing someone has a breakthrough from fasting. Let that be your breakthrough in the fasting. Don't go, man, I wish I could have um, seen this person like, for example, I would love to see testimonies in church where people go, um, my whole workplace is one for Jesus. My whole work, so I, imagine Foodland Woolworths, everyone being saved. Imagine the fruit of that. Someone's going, you know, I'm going to fast and believe that Woolworths get saved. I'm going to fast and believe that Foodland gets saved or Coles, whatever it could be. That would be an awesome fruit there. But why don't you then, for your work environment, go, God, I'm going to pray and fast this week, that that will be the fruit of my life and not the loot that I wish I could have had. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. So um, uh, third point, planted in church. And so planted in church. And so this is another one that we've got to be planted in. So Hebrews 10.25. In the New Living Translation, and then I'll read it in the Amplified. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Amplified. Not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. So that's what we've done today. We've met together. We've had worship. Now we have an instruction as in the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of, the, of uh, Christ's return approaching. And so for those that don't know, we believe that Jesus is coming back again. And so I often have a joke, if it's not cloudy, oh, well, Jesus is not coming back yet. But when it is cloudy, because it says he'll come on the clouds, I'm like, well, this could be the day. And, and I honestly... Uh, uh, been preparing myself with language i go you know what no jesus could come back today and it gives me the uh the the, the spark i need i guess you could say to go you know what i'm not going to waste today i'm not going to waste opportunities today god help me just be so clear-minded that i can reach out to someone because realistically if jesus does come now well we're, we're going and we've missed our opportunities and so i want to say god help me not miss those opportunities but back back to being planted so as i said jesus 
of the day of him returning. Every day we live, he's come back quicker than yesterday. And so I want to encourage you, plant yourself in church. Don't be in the habit of not doing that as some people are. Because when you're planted in church, it's a way that you're well-rooted and a way, a way that you can then bear fruit. And so um, Psalms 12, uh, Psalms 92, sorry, 13, again in the New King James Version, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. And so I can't tell you the spiritual scientific ways of that works, but I can tell you, you get into church, you find a department that you can serve in, and you just go, God, help me bear fruit. You're going to flourish in life. And I encourage you, as 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 it says there, the day of the Lord is returning soon. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your opportunity. I encourage you, get in, serve, be planted, and you will see fruit. You want to see fruit 2018? Find a department and serve in it. Don't go, oh, well, this is what my desire is. Go, go to the lead and say, how can I help you? What load are you carrying right now that I can take off of you? And you'll see fruit in 2018. I can, I can guarantee it. And so, and other things, make church a non-negotiable. Make church a priority. I am so blessed and so honoured that I had parents that made church a non-negotiable, that made a church a priority. Oh, it's hot outside. We're going to be in church. Oh, it's raining outside. We're going to be in church. It was a non-negotiable. It was a priority in their life. And I'm so grateful for that. I see youth that, and we've had, we've as a family, sometimes used to pick up youth to come to church, that they would ask to come. And it so awes me when I see a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, getting themselves to church. I never had that I never had that need to ask someone and they're off their own back finding ways to get to church because they understand that concept as a 14-year-old, as a, as a 16-year-old, you know what, we're going to be in church. And so if you're a young person here, thank your parents if they take you to church because other people don't get that privilege. Other people have to walk here or whatever. And so plant yourself, get committed. Um, uh, an example for this as well is that we can get distractions that can easily come. And so I, one thing that could, could have been a distraction for me is that football, they would have generally on a Sunday after you play footy on a Saturday, get beaten up, get sore everywhere. And so we live in the lovely Port Lincoln. We have the foreshore beach. And so I'd often do a 10 a.m. water walk. But then I'll, I could have easily said, yep, well, I'm going to skip church or come to church late. I'm going to go to the water walk. But I had to make a decision. No, no, I'm going to be in church. For other people, it could be camping. For other... Uh, other th- it could be anything that could distract you or you could be invited to go to something and miss church. But I'm going to ask you, what's the price of your fruitfulness? I decided back at when I was in under 17s, the price of my fruitfulness is going to be not a water walk for footy. I'm going to be committed to church. If I have to go for a water walk, well, I'll go at 12 o'clock when, footy is, uh, when church is finished because my priority is to be planted in the house of God because I want to flourish. I want to bear fruit. And so I don't know what the, the compromise is for you. I don't know what it is that you might be struggling with, but I want to encourage you, make church a non-negotiable. And then your kids will be blessed for it. And then right now, we even believe, we'll pray right now, God, we pray for Kids Church. We thank you that there's seeds being planted in their hearts, that they can bear fruit for themselves as well. Ecclesiastes 11.4. A farmer who waits for the perfect weather will never plant. If they watch every cloud, they will never harvest. And so with that, plant yourself in church today. There's never, there's never going to be the perfect church. There's never going to be the perfect conditions. Until Jesus returns for his, his bride, that is without spot, wrinkle or blemish, and that's when Jesus returns. But right now, there's going to be churches that are always going to have, or if there is a perfect church, I'm just telling you, you haven't been there long enough to notice imperfections. And so if you're here at one heart, you might think, man, that church was awesome. I can tell you, come hang out for maybe a little more longer, and you'll, 
You'll, you'll see a few imperfections, but I encourage you, there's never going to be the perfect church. It's never going to be the perfect this or that. But you just go, you know, today I'm going to be planted. Today I'm going to choose to bear fruit. I'm going to choose that Holy Spirit work within me so I can see the kingdom of God established. Um, uh, and so, yeah, just plant yourself today. 2018 will be a year for you to grow, to be fruitful. And so once you're planted in the Bible, prayer and church, you will bear fruit. And so in closing, I was meant to say this at the very start, but I remember just now, with fruit, it's best fresh. Do you agree with that? Like, again, I don't eat fruit, so I'm not really sure. I was hoping that you would be able to help me out with that. But when I've seen my family, I've never seen them eat the really ugly brown banana. Never seen it. When the banana's brown, they chuck that thing out. Um, when there's other fruits that have gone mouldy and yuck, I've never seen my family eat it. They eat the fresh, ripe fruit. And so I want to encourage each one of you in in our world today. Now, God may have had good fruit for us in the past. 2017 may have been a year of good fruit, but we can't keep eating the good fruit of 2017. We need fruit for 2018. And so I want to encourage you to believe God to give you fruit for 2018, fruit for the future. You may have seen this suburb saved. Well, let's see the other suburb saved. You might have seen the street on the left side of you saved. Well, let's see the street on the right side of you saved. And I don't believe that. Here's one. You might be living in a whole street saved. Why don't you move straight to see that street saved? But uh, we'll, we'll keep. But in closing, Galatians six four, pay careful attention to your own work, but then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Bear, don't compare. Back to Proverbs twelve twelve, the double dozen. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well rooted and bear their own fruit. And so I want to encourage you. Oh, may that be something that you hold on to this year. Go, you know what? When you feel comparison stirring, when you feel comparison, go, you know what? Go to your first, um, plant yourself in the Word of God. Say, God, help me not compare. Second, plant yourself in prayer. Go, God, help me see. Pray for breakthrough. Pray for, for the deliverance to see what you need. And thirdly, plant it in church. Make church a priority. If you can all stand, we're just going to quickly sing. And, I, um, and then I'm just going to pray for us as a, a corporate. And we're just going to believe that God is going to help us have a, a fruitful 2018. We can see family members saved, close friends saved this year. And so right now, if that's you, whether you want to raise your hand or not, I don't, it doesn't really matter, whatever you connect to God with. I'm just going to right now believe and pray that we can see 2018, but year where we see a fruitfulness, where we bear the fruit, where we can just believe God can use us this year to see a breakthrough in those members. So I don't know whether it is you know, whether it's your husband, whether it's your wife, whether it's your kids, whether it's your uncle, auntie, I don't know who it is, your best friend, nearly best friend. We're going to believe right now and pray that we can see 2018 be a year. We see that breakthrough. So right now, God, Holy Spirit, we just believe that you're drawing people to you. We believe that you're going to move and touch their hearts, touch their lives. And we thank you that you use us despite our imperfections, despite the not quite having it all together, that you use us and you'll, you'll see them have a relationship with you, God. We believe that they can have a fruitful life in 2018. And we just declare, God, that, that you're drawing them to you, that you're drawing them to your heart, that they can have a, a life of freedom, that they can be set free from the things holding them right now. And we just pray for the demonic spiritual realm, Holy Spirit. We believe, Jesus, that your name has a power to break those things that cause them a hard heart. And we just say, be released, be gone. And Jesus, we just thank you that you're going to uh, uh, see something broken through this year. Just another thing I want to uh, uh, believe and pray for as well is that whether you you may have uh, uh, be in church and you go you you know God Holy Spirit's convicting you. I didn't preach this message in anyone in my mind, uh, but if you feel like Holy Spirit's convicting you 
of going, you know what, God, I've been seeing the loot of others and haven't had the fire of the Spirit burning within me to produce my own fruit. I want to pray right now for every interval, me included. When I preach, I'm preaching to myself more than anything. I want a Holy Spirit fire burning so within my life that I'm so consumed to go, you know what, I'm not going to be wasting any time in comparison. I'm going to be fully devoted to seeing God bearing fruit in my life. And so I'm going to pray for that. But then I'm going to quickly see Matt, Matt Turnbull and we're going to believe that God, um, I'll leave it back to Luke and then Pastor Kylie. But right now, God, we just believe and declare over our lives that this year is going to be a year that we bear fruit. We just pray that there'll be a Holy Spirit fire within our hearts, within our soul, that we're just unquenched to see the kingdom of God established. God, I pray that you just burn in us a desire to serve. God, we just pray for desires right now that we've never had to serve in church, whether it's kids' church, the worship team, uh, cleaning, whatever it is, accounting, God, we just believe there's going to be a passion in our heart to see the kingdom of heaven established. God, we just believe that you can burn within us and just that, that so consuming desire to serve, to do more than what we're doing right now. And we just pray for any kind of comparison that waste our time, waste our thoughts. We come agree- out of agreement on those comparison lies and come into the agreement of the word of God that says be planted and bear fruit. So God, we just thank you for that. We thank you that 2018 is going to be a year of fruitfulness.